Thank you, praise team, for that leading us there and taking us there because, listen, he is holy, he is worthy, amen? He's worthy and he's holy, amen? amen. All right, listen, folks, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. He is holy and worthy, amen? Amen. amen. Listen, he is, we should, we should praise his name. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Acts. Yes, we're making our way through. Acts chapter 19, we're going to dive right into the scriptures today. Going to pick up in verse 11. And we have a lot of moving to do today. There's a lot of moving parts to the sermon. I told you last week, this is one of the funniest sermons, uh, portions of scripture. This one, and we skip in the next one. Just when I was a kid, I got the biggest kick out of this. Now, it's very serious and it's not funny as an adult. I can come back and tell you. This is very serious, and I have to take the somber approach to this because I'm the pastor, and I can't laugh at Scripture like I used to when I was unregenerate and seeing that uh, I just thought it was funny that the men get beat up and ran away naked uh, just when I was a kid. But uh, we're going to see how serious this was uh, from the Word of God today. But I still got a little humor and a little kid inside of me that laughs uh, at this passage of Scripture because uh, this word I told Kristen, I kept, last night I kept having a dream, and I don't know if y'all know, I try to, I'm from the country, but I do like vocabulary words, and and you can ask our class, I give them vocabulary words, because when they read words they don't understand, it's useless to read the word. If you don't understand it, go back and look it up and see what it means. But the word feckless, feckless, does anybody know what that word means? It was in my mind, and I could not come up with the definition of feckless last night, so I rolled in bed, and and I kept saying, you don't know the definition, I kept hearing this voice, you don't know the definition of feckless. And, uh, but I said, but in my dream, I said, I will find out what feckless means, but you don't know what it means. And I said, no, I don't know what it means, but I will find out what it means. I should have got up and looked it up last night, but it rolled in my head. And when I was just back in my uh, sermon, I was looking back over my sermon and I'm like, you know, I looked up feckless and it means lacking character or having a, a mama's boy is very feckless, right? A whiny type character, a lacking character. And these sons of Sceva we're going to read about, they were feckless. This is why the word was in my head. This describes the very character of these men who tried to come up against an evil spirit, an evil uh, demon, if you will, in the name of Jesus, whom they did not belong. I'll show you this, and you can look at the word feckless. That's your vocabulary word of the day if you didn't know what that word meant. It just means lacking in character is what it means. So let's read together. We're going to get it in Acts 19, beginning of verse 11. And you know, last week as Paul laid on his hands on these apostles, on these new disciples, they received the Holy Spirit. He's been preaching for two years. We're in the city of Ephesus, in, the, in basically today in Turkey, in southern Turkey. He's actually, he's been there for two years. He's preaching the word of God to them. God's, a lot of things are happening. He got kicked out of the synagogue once again. He left so that he wouldn't cause, if you will, division any longer. People started speaking evil of the way, and you know that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. So they were speaking evil of people who followed Jesus Christ. So Paul separates. He goes into school. If you go back into Tyrannus, he actually had a a door of opportunity to be an order, if you will, but he was a preacher. In this school for two years, people traveled all over Asia, came through this to hear a word from an intelligent man. And so they would come and sit under the teaching of different people, and Paul was given liberty to actually preach at this place. So for two years, he's preached what, church? What has he preached? The gospel of Jesus Christ. We know Paul's messages because we go back and look at what his message was in the past. We can look at what his message is at this current time. And then we can go back and look what he, what he preaches in the future to the other churches, to the church at Corinth, to the church at Galatia, to the church at Philippi. He'll constantly go back and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Did anybody remember, does anybody remember the, the message that was preached the day you got saved when you gave your heart and life to Jesus Christ? Do you remember the primary text uh, that the pastor used or uh, in portion of the Bible that the pastor used? Does anybody remember? Anybody in the Old Testament? Was it an Old Testament scripture? you remember what, what was it, Becky? What was the scripture? Do you remember? Revelation? Okay. Anybody else? Mine was Isaiah. I can go back to Isaiah 9. Anyone else remember the scripture? Romans 10, 9, when the scripture tells us very much, we confess with our mouth, believe in our heart, and whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. Anybody else? I saw another hand. Mike? John 3, 16. Anyone else? The rest of you aren't saved, I guess. All right. I'm just kidding. Listen, it's the word of God that transforms us to be who God calls us to be. We can't do it in and of ourselves. Somebody just says, well, I've always been in church. I've always been religious. So is the devils. So are the demons. They used to actually, they have one up on humans. They used to live in heaven. They were created by God and actually served him and worshiped him face to face until he, they followed Satan and were kicked out of heaven. So the demons are one up on humans. So don't just be religious today. Make sure that you know that you know that you know that you're giving your heart and life to Jesus Christ. And you can't come to know Jesus Christ until he draws you to himself. And he does that through the preaching of the word. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's, that's, we, we don't get our faith just at the grocery store, even though there might be somebody who put up a word at the grocery store. Uh, I've heard of somebody in this church, I won't say their name, I know them, they said, the Pastor, I hope God forgives me, but I put tracks, gospel tracks in every piece of clothing I do when I go to Belk or if I go to Walmart. If there's a pocket, I'm going to put a gospel track in that pocket. And if that's wrong, don't tell me it's wrong, I'm going to keep doing it. And there were one of our senior adults that do that. They go through and just put a track, a gospel track when they have them in clothing at different uh, clothing stores. And so could you imagine what happens whenever someone reaches in to, hey, what's in my pocket? Who put this in my pocket? But what is the track, if it's a gospel track, what does it have in it? Has the word of God and the gospel written in the track so that someone, at least even someone that might be making fun uh, of the gospel would, would read it. And we know as soon as you read it, the Bible says his word will not come back, what church? Void. So whatever method God gives you to give out the word of God, give out the word of God. Social media, whatever way that it is, preaching the word, whatever way it is, sign language, whichever way God gives you to get out the word of God and get it out in his word will not return void. It's God's word, right? God the Father sends it out. And then what does he do? He empowers it by the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit himself empowers the word of God. And who do we preach about? Who do we, what's the gospel? The gospel is all about the Son of God, Jesus Christ. So we know what Paul preached. We know it caused divisions between unbelievers and the followers of Christ, followers of the way. They start speaking of evil of the people of the way. And in verse 11, we're going to pick up. You need to mark this in your Bible if you don't have it marked. Now, God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. And let me just, I know you'll hate when I start, stop. But we've got to start, stop on this. Because people today are trying to replicate Paul's miracles. People today are trying to say, well, I'm an apostle too. And today they're coming up and actually try, trying to take the title of apostle. There's even women today taking the title of apostle. And just for the record, apostles were only men. The proper apostles were chosen. There were 12. One sinned against God. All right, Judas. And then we have Paul uh, born out of a, a season. Now the word apostle means messenger, little a. But if you use the capital A, you're trying to tell somebody that you have the apostolic powers that God gave these men. 
If you use the capital A, it's I'm an apostle. Can you say that I'm an apostle of God? You could say that if you use the lowercase a. That means messenger, one who's sent. But if you use the capital A and call me Apostle Clint Smith, you know good and well what you're doing. You're giving me the same authority or reference, at least, that Paul had, Peter had, and the other apostles. There are no apostles today in our culture. There's no one that can come up and just lay their hands on someone. Now, is there miraculous healing? Absolutely. God's still doing miracles today. But there are no apostles who can walk to town and actually, actually, listen, come up and lay their hands on people like Paul did, like Jesus did, like Peter did. If people are doing that today, if there's a healing service, you better believe there's an offering plate sitting right beside the, the one who's preaching. Isn't that true? Y'all come, bring your sick, bring your ill, but also bring your offerings because we're going to take them an offering at the end. It's a money-making deal, and just like these men, these sons of Sceva, that's who they were. They were seeing, hey, God's working miraculously in those men's name. Let's go ahead and call on the same name of Jesus. Let's go ahead, and we'll go ahead and profane his name and use it for, we'll use it for profit. Are people trying to make money today off the gospel of Jesus Christ? Even in the very days of Jesus, the disciples complained to Jesus, hey, these men are saying the same thing we're saying. And Jesus said, leave them alone. Leave them alone. So today, listen, you need to be wise when you come to the word of God, these men, God was doing some unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. And I want to emphasize the apostle Paul. It wasn't just the average Paul. It was the apostle Paul. He had supernatural powers given to him like the other apostles. Verse 12, this is something we go, how is this happening? Well, if it's a miracle of God, we've just got to come to the place and say, God, this is your word. You've said in your word that your word actually is inspired by you. Verse 12, so that even the handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the uh, tenant or the traveling Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits saying, we are, in some translations say, I exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. That's a long way around the block, isn't it? Verse 14. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. But who are you? And then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. That's when I laughed when I was a kid. But it's very serious today. 17, this became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus. And fear fell upon them all. And the name of the Lord was, what does your Bible say? Magnified. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. Can you see what's happening in the town of Ephesus and the region around? Paul's been preaching for two years. There's a division. There's a stark division between who's preaching that God has now sent the Messiah. The Messiah has come. Paul's preaching Jesus, dead, buried, resurrected, and living today. Paul's preaching there is no other way to heaven except through Jesus Christ. Paul's preaching the one-way salvation. And Jesus is the way. That's what he's preaching these other men are still saying, you've got to keep the traditions of man. You've got to wash your hands a certain way. Only those in power can actually read the word. You can't have it for yourself. Only those up here in the front, we tell you what to do. And if you do your own thing under the leadership of God, you're in violation of the traditions of man. 
So the people were conflicted. You imagine the transition. Derek and I talked a little bit. How hard was it for the, some of the Jews to transition from the ways of the Old Testament ways now to the New Testament? God has brought about the New Covenant. It was, must have been an extremely hard practice to convert. Those that are pagans and Gentiles are far from God. They had nothing. They're coming from the lascivious lifestyle, the crazy lifestyle, the evil lifestyle. And now there's this ray of hope that you can have hope. You can have life. You can have life to the abundance. There's a God who loves me. There's a God who wants to walk with me. There's a God who wants to talk with me. I can know God personally. Well, what a ray of sunshine that was for these people on these gloomy, cloudy days. They had come to the place that they, that they'll accept that freely. And even some of the Jews, because their hearts. As Christian read in Revelation, there's people in the future, we look in, in, in the throne of God, and we see every tribe, every nation around the throne. And somebody says, I can't wait till that day happens. Man, I believe that day's already there. It's, there's more and more growing, because you figure every baby that dies of every tribe is around the throne of God today, have been since the beginning of that people. When I believe a baby, when a baby dies in the womb, or a baby dies, I believe that child goes to heaven. And I believe there's comfort in that. And as we see the standing around the throne of God, every nation's there. They're just waiting on some of us. Some of you maybe today haven't given your heart and life to Jesus Christ, and maybe God's given one more day for you to receive Jesus Christ. I don't know. I'm not God, but God is a patient God. He's, he's one who loves us so much that he's given us yet another day to worship him. And this morning we had a full opportunity to sing his praises, did we not? And we still have the rest of the day to sing his praises. And as you go through the study, you've had an opportunity to serve. There's people in the nursery right now serving us in the name of Jesus Christ. The service is worship. I want to encourage you today, look at your notes. Every miracle in the Bible demonstrated the power of God and authenticated his power through those performing the miracles. It demonstrated his power and it authenticated his power. Did it not? If I say I'm speaking in the name of Jesus Christ and he calls me out to do something and we do it the way he said to do it, what should we expect? His results every single time. Do it the way God says to do it. Don't take scripture out of context. Don't go and try to do it yourself because you're going to find out in this word what happens when people actually take the name of Jesus and try to do it themselves their way. Paul was a recipient of this grace and was called to be an apostle. Don't get that. Listen, don't cross that up today. I know we have friends. I got, I got some folks that I know that call themselves an apostle. And I try to explain this to them and I offend them because it feels like they feel like I'm trying to take their title away from them. I've got other friends who want to be called bishop. They're pastors and they want to be called bishop. Because bishop, what sounds better, bishop or pastor? Just say it in an English language. Which one sounds better? Bishop. Right? It sounds like it's a higher title that I'm over somebody else. Uh, how about the word pastor or shepherd? Which one sounds higher? Pastor. No one wants to call it a shepherd because a shepherd stinks like sheep. A shepherd has to clean up after sheep. A shepherd has to groom sheep. That's gross. That's, that's awful. So at least pastor is a little bit higher than shepherd. And then if you get to be a bishop, that means you're over multiple pastors. Isn't that right? But it's not. In the Word of God, we see the actual calling of the office, the word bishop, pastor, presbyter, shepherd. It all means the same thing. We just manipulate the words that make us feel that we're better than somebody else. So can you call me Pastor Clint? Absolutely. Can you call me Clint? Absolutely. My mother calls me sweetie. My wife calls me baby, right? You can call me pastor. You can call me shepherd. You can call me bishop. You can call me presbyter if you want to. It doesn't matter to me. The title what you, doesn't matter what you call me. As long as you know that I'm trying to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I'll try to say, follow me as I follow, as I follow Christ like Paul did. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow my example. And my example is not always bulletproof, unfortunately. It's not. I fail God. I have to come to the place of asking for forgiveness. I'm not a perfect man. There is not one on the planet. But we come to the place that we strive to be more and more like Christ. Humans, angels, and demons recognize the power of God in Paul. Would you agree with that? Because the ministering spirits around the throne of God, when God gives him the authority to do those things, all the angels are going, are you kidding me? Because did God give the authority to his disciples early on to have power over demons? Go back and read the gospel. They had power. They come back and even brag. We even cast out demons in your name. And Jesus is like, that's not a big deal. And that was a big deal to them. And Paul comes to the place, he had come to the place that he understood who he was and what he was called to do. Have you come to that place? God's called you not just to come sit every Sunday in church, not just to be manual labor, not just to lead whatever it is that you lead, not the, the, the business that you have or, or the job that you do. That's not all he's called you to do. He's called you to come to the place to worship him in spirit and truth. You worship him out there, 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 on the highways and byways, wherever you go, that's where we actually fulfill the call of God. We must be careful today not to desire faith based on miracles, but desire mature faith based on the word of God. Have you ever said, Lord, I, I know I need to make a decision if you'll just give me a sign. Anybody ever asked God for a sign? Raise your hand if you, I have. Lord, just give me a sign. And if you give me a sign, then I'm gonna do what you tell me to do. And when he gives you that sign, you go, wow, what a coincidence. Lord, if you just give me another sign, right? Just one more sign. Aren't we that way? You go back and look at it. We, we want to throw out a fleece, right? Lord, if it's wet on the top in the morning and dry on the bottom, I know you spoke. Ah, it's wet on the top, dry on the bottom. Let me flip it over. Lord, if it's wet on the bottom and dry on the top tomorrow, I know you spoke. Aren't we still that same way? Listen, if you have a, if you have a faith based, based on miracles, and signs, you have a very immature faith. And that should have been amen right there. Because if you live your whole life, you can be 70 years old and still waiting for God to give me a sign, Lord. How could you imagine going through your whole life? And Jesus said, I am the sign. Because I am the way, the truth, and the life. You have a, Listen, I told you when I was going away, I was going to ask the Father to send you the comforter. And he sent the comforter because he's God. And so when you have to make a decision, you get yourself right with God. You, you confess your sins before God. He cleanses you from all the righteousness. You stand holy before God and you say, Lord, what shall I do? And listen, I want to tell you, church, based on his word, on his authority, he'll show you the way. He'll make your paths straight. Sometimes he'll make you wait because he wants you to depend on him. Or sometimes he's trying to work on your character because your character might be a little, you know what I'm saying? You might still have some of the old days coming over to the new days. And God's trying to get those flaws out of you before he used you for his glory, for his calling. Now, he'll be using you on the way. You say, what should I do today? Let me tell you, some of you are making decisions on what you should do next. We're talking about COVID-19. We have a new Democrat uh, election that happened all across the whole government's Democrat. All the Republicans are just crawling in their skin. Oh, Lord, what are we going to do? We're already, we're already seeing doomsday before doomsday gets here, haven't we? And when the Republicans took over with Trump, God, oh, no, not Trump. Isn't that true? It don't matter who gets in that office. Everybody's going to complain about somebody. Well, Pastor, it'd be a whole lot better if, if we don't even know those people. Most people in the, the House of Representatives, you don't even know your House of Representatives in South Carolina for your district. You don't know your senator, some of you. 
and you know everything else about them, but you don't know them. I said, what's your senator's name? Give me your two, give me your two senators' name. Don't do it. And then give me your representative's name. Some people couldn't even tell us who that is. But they can tell us all about the Capitol, what happened at the Capitol. Oh, it was a setup, conspiracy. Y'all, what happened at the Capitol was bad as Americans are concerned. But do you think God's up in heaven going, oh my goodness, look what happened at the Capitol in America. I think he's sad because some Christians participated with some non-Christians. I don't care how strong you feel about your politics, about your family, about your work, about what you do, or what, who you are. If you engage in sinful acts that blaspheme the name of God, that does not honor the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't care your affiliation, who you are, what you think, what country you're from. If it blasphemes the name of God, if it's sinful, Christians should not participate in sinful acts. Can you protest? Absolutely. That's what we are as Baptists. We're called Protestants or Protestants. We protested against the Roman Catholic Church and said, we do not believe in everything that you say that we have to believe in. We protested against them. So protesting is not wrong. But guys, violence and anything else you would do, stealing and and, and lying and backtalking, it's all a sin against holy God, and Christians should not participate in that. Paul was not tied up in the, day, the, the Ephesus leadership. You're going to see. They're going to come after him next week. You're going to start shouting. He gets called in, drug into the amphitheater. It's funny. It's funny what happens. And he tries to give a response, and the people just shout like a bunch of babies. Can you believe grown people who are supposed to lead a country would shout? They would, can you believe they would change Names that you can't say, man, woman, boy, girl, sister, mother. Does that, does that offend me? It offends me greatly because God's the one. He is our father. I am his son. You are his daughter, his son. Listen, we come to the place that when they start messing around with the things of God, that's when we draw lines. But just day by day stuff, we just actually tolerate and move on. Paul was the same way. The whole world around him was in chaos. Even the religious people were in chaos. They didn't like him. They were talking evil. Those people, those people who call themselves Christians. Can you believe those people? And people, young people are doing it today on Twitter, Snapchat. Someone's marching the, the, the steps of the cabinet, uh, Capitol saying, Jesus saves. <laughs> that a big sign. Did y'all see the yellow sign with a black, black writing on it? Jesus saves. Well, that's honoring to the Lord Jesus Christ, isn't it? I don't think I'll have them preach in my pulpit. You mean you can go and do the wrong thing, you go sin against God and keep a Jesus saves? Don't, don't have a Jesus saves bumper sticker and crash everybody on Whiskey Road and outrun them, cut them off, right? Don't wear the t-shirts, uh, let your life live instead of, uh, your, let your life speak instead of your t-shirt speak. That's what Paul did. Paul's in the midst of religious people fighting and talking against Christians and he's in the middle of paganism at the maximum. You'll see that next week if you keep reading. There's a riot that takes place in Ephesus next week. I'm going to give you a, a spoiler alert. A riot. Can you believe preachers preaching about a riot while there's riots going on in America? How dare me? And it's over the name of Jesus Christ. This comes to the place. You'll see. If you read ahead, you'll get to that point. Go back to your notes. Notice God worked, God worked, and he did extraordinarily and unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. These are those same apostolic hands that were placed on the disciples in Acts 19.6. When you go back and look ahead, look back. God revealed his great power over sickness and demons as friends and loved ones exercised their great faith in the name of Jesus, Paul preached. They come to the place that they were actually going, hey, Paul's working, and we believe Paul's still working as a tent maker, right? He's sweating all day because he's getting ready to speak at night. So he'd wipe his head on a handkerchief. Somebody would be, whoop, take that. 
Let me take that to my loved one, right? Paul would take off his apron from working on the tent. Let me take that apron and let somebody just touch it. Was it the apron that saved and healed the people? Was it Paul's sweat that fixed these people up, cast out demons? It was the name of Jesus Christ, showing that the man of God was preaching about the Son of God, right? Filled with the Holy Spirit, God, and he was bringing glory to the Father God. That's, they understood that. Hey, if I take a piece of Paul, they actually had come to the place because the Jews were, well, they were kind of like baseball players. Y'all know any baseball players that are superstitious? Raise your hand if you ever played baseball and you're superstitious. If you played baseball a long time, you, nobody? Yeah, you wear the same socks. You don't even wash them. Some people wear the same underwear or same exact everything. You ever seen a baseball player's true baseball player's hat? It's filthy on the inside. I mean, sweat, it turns white with salt. It's disgusting because they're superstitious. Anybody else superstitious about baseball? Football, anything? Everybody's superstitious. You don't walk under ladders. Don't. Black cats, good. We should never be superstitious. Y'all knew where I was going with this, right? That's a, that's a false claim to be superstitious. We should come to the place and say, listen, come what may, the Lord Jesus Christ is in charge. I can't die until he says it's time to die. I can't get in trouble until he says it's time to get in trouble. There's nothing going to happen to me today, listen, unless the Lord allows it. Now, don't go out looking for a fight. If you punch a grown man in the nose, you might as well expect a grown punch man to punch you back. Is that true? Go out in the name of Jesus Christ. Punch with your words, if you will. Talk about how the love of Jesus Christ is great. But don't go start something and then say, but Lord, I did that in your name. That's not what he wants you to do. If it's sinful, God does not want you to do it in his name. Would you agree? Alrighty, let's keep going. Paul was sent by God to be a preacher of the gospel, which declared war against Satan. Satan recognizes Paul. Satan's done his dead level best at this point. He's had Paul beaten multiple times. Paul's been thrown out of the different synagogues. Paul's been beaten even to the place of being stoned to death. We've read all these different things, and we laugh at Paul going, how much more can you take? This man's getting beat down everywhere he goes for the name of Jesus Christ. God says, not yet. You're going to go back into the ring. You're another round. And Satan's like, come on. How many more can this man take? Because he's human. Remember when Satan talked to God about Job? Oh, how he serves you is because you protect him. Christian, listen, he protects us. Satan even knows he protects us. That's where your faith has got to be exercised. He knows he protects you. Well, this bad thing happened to me. Okay, we live in a sinful world. You have a sinful body that's been remade by the Holy Spirit of God. Bad things are going to happen. Is that true? Your body's going to break down. Has anyone ever had surgery and had something taken out of you in surgery? Look around. Y'all some missing people, right? You're not the same person you used to be physically because something's missing. Something's going to happen in the future. Some of us are going to get cancer and heart disease. There's going to be many more funerals. Look, look around. How, how old are we promised to be in the Scripture? 70 and maybe 80 if we're strong. I'm way past half dead, and some of y'all are ahead of me. <laughs> Amen? There's going to be a funeral done one day, maybe here, and we're going to speak about Jesus Christ and honor your life. I hope that's done with me. I hope there's honorable words said about me and my funeral. Have you written out your funeral? I've already got mine planned out. And I told Wendy, when, they, when I die, I want them to open my eyes and I want to look at everybody when they, when they want to open the casket. She said, I'm not doing that. I said, why not? That's my last wish and desire. Because everybody comes up and says, oh, he looks just like himself. 
I don't like funerals at all. I don't, I don't like going to funerals. I like preaching funerals because people can know and hear the truth of the Word of God. But I did ask Wendy to have my eyes open. She's not here today. She's still at the home. But I know she's watching. Look what happened. The unbelieving traveling Jewish exorcist attempted profanely to use the name of Jesus and imitate the work of God to make money. They were traveling Jews. That's what they did. They would go through and they would actually, the, remember the, uh, if you ever watched, anybody ever watch any old cowboy movies, the old snake oil guys that would come in and sell you sweet honey and liquor mixed together or something and call it, you know, bulletproof medicine? Uh, this is what these guys were. They would go through. They, they were probably knew their science uh, pretty good and they'd come through and they would actually exercise demons or they would say things and, and people, I'm healed, and they would move on, much like the people who are doing it on television today to make money. The rank desire for money, power, and fame overcame the seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest's sons. These men were not apostles. I put that in your notes because I know you know that, but they were not apostles. Yet they tried to take the authority of an apostle and go do the works of an apostle. They walked into that house where that man lived in the name of Jesus Christ. They didn't belong to Jesus Christ. They had no authority to speak on his behalf. Yet they walked into that man's house filled with the evil spirit in the name of Jesus Christ, whom Paul preaches. They had to do it third party. Who'd Paul preach? Jesus. Paul never said, listen, it's me. I cast you out in the name of the apostle Paul. He never did that. He always went to the power source and he said, I, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out. Is that true? What happens? We see from his word. But these men went in. They were not apostles. These men did not speak on behalf of Jesus, even though they used his name. And they use Paul's name to confront the evil spirits. Now, I think it's funny. I need to go back and read it again. Watch what the evil spirit says, because the evil spirits can speak. These are, these are angels who were kicked out of heaven when Satan fell. They decided to follow Satan, so God says, okay, out with a lot of you. And so we say the word devils, demons, Satan, the devil, all those terminology are fallen angels. They're so low-powered angels. Listen, they're very powerful compared to us, but compared to God, they don't even compare. God is God, and every devil and every demon is a created being. They have no authority, no power against holy God. Don't ever say the devil made me do it because you're calling God a liar. You're saying God's weak. It's come to the place when you sin against God, it's because you have done it, because you thought about that sin, and you engaged in that sin because you wanted to. Is that true? This is true we find from the word of God. James tells us in James chapter 2. Speaking of James chapter 2, let's look over there just for a second. I want you to see something about demons. Something you need to know about demons. You say, well, pastor, I don't want to talk about demons. It scares me. Well, get over yourself because they're real. And if you don't know about them, they got you where they want you. We, who, who created angels that became demons? God did. Listen, who's in charge of all of them? God is. You say, but why? I don't know all those stories. I can't answer all those questions, except these angels chose not to love God, and God kicked them out of heaven. But I want you to see what James says in James chapter 2, verse 19. He's talking about us having faith and works, and he's telling us, listen, faith without works is dead. And some people say, in verse 18, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you your faith by my works. Then he's going to transition. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Don't we wish it stopped there? Even the demons believe and tremble. 
Do the demons believe in God? Do demons believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God? Do demons believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven? Do demons believe that they're going to hell one day? Do demons believe, listen, that there is no other way under heaven, no other name under heaven by which we must be saved except for the name of Jesus? Do demons believe that? Why don't we? These are demons who are, they know where their place is. They know where they're going. If you take notes, let me give you these. You need these. I want to, this will prove my point, and I'm not going to read them this morning, but I want to give you the reference. Matthew 8, 29. What do you have to do with us, Jesus, son of the most high? Mark 124. Why now have you come to torment us early? Mark 3.11. And then I'll give you Luke 4.41. Go back and look what the demon said to Jesus. And Jesus said, be quiet. I will not receive the praise of a demon. Can you imagine former angels, now demons, God tells them, the Lord Jesus Christ says, be quiet. I will not receive your praise. Be quiet. But what does he tell you and me? Speak loudly, rejoice, because you're my son, my daughter. Speak in the name of Jesus, everything that a demon knows. And listen, some Christians need to go to the school of demons to learn about Jesus Christ. Pastor, why would you say that? Because most Christians today in America live with less faith than the demons have. Let me say that again. Most Christians in America and around the world really live with less faith than the demons have. If the demons had a seminary, most Christians would benefit by going to it. Those are hard words for me to say. But we live in such a life, Pastor, you don't understand. I don't have time. We make all the excuses before God. And the demons say, listen, who are you? Listen, we know that you're the Holy One. We know that you're sent from God. Why now? We know that you have authority to throw us into the pit. Are you coming to torment us early? Demons know how to bow down before God. And the Bible says they believe That means they have full faith in Jesus Christ and they tremble because they know his power. Christians today, do we talk about Jesus like he's he's just some flippant cousin that we talk about sometimes? We sing a song to him and, and we pray a prayer and we never live like he's the authority in our life. When we're confronted with evil things, we, well, I'll just ask for forgiveness later or I'll just go ahead and do it and then maybe I'll get past it. We treat his name with disrespect. We treat his people with disrespect. We treat his church with disrespect. Listen to most contemporary Christian music today. It makes me sick to my stomach when you turn on the radio and hear all these men making money talking about how they recovered but the church didn't receive them. Listen, when you're out in the world drinking and partying and doing all the things in the world, there is no place for you in the church because you don't want to go. God's trying to woo you to himself, and you're like, not today. I'm going to this Saturday. I got a party to go to. I got to go do this. I'm going to go do that. You're not listening to anything God says. Is that true about any of y'all? Did God save you out of a sinful lifestyle? Anybody saved past the age of 15? Raise your hand if you were. I was. Listen, you were living for the devil day by day. You were headed straight to hell, and yet God sent, in his grace, sent a man or woman or somebody in your life to speak to you. Listen, you're living in sin, or the word of God, you're living in sin. You need to change your ways. Are you going to die and go forever separated from God in a place called hell? That should offend you. But then also it's the truth, and you should run to the truth. Is that true? Oh, God, forgive me. I look at my ways. How, how, How vain was I back in the day? How awful was I? but the Lord loves us. Just like you put grace on Paul. Paul says, listen, I am not worthy to be an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. 
I'm the worst of sinners, Paul calls himself. I'm the king of sinners, if you will. And we all could say that same thing. The desire for money, these men got into the place, and I, let me go and give you the notes, the sons of Sceva, and I even went and put the feckless sons of Sceva, engaged a man with an evil spirit with intent to cast it out, but the devil, demon, evil spirit turned on them. Evil spirit spoke to them, to the men that acknowledged knowing Jesus and Paul, but not them. Jesus we know, Paul we know, but who are you? What if you came against a demon today? Is there demon possession still today? Yes. Do you have the authority to speak on the name of Jesus Christ to that person with whom the demon lives? Yes, you do, because you're filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Now today, there's a popular thing going around, and it makes preachers even more, uh, if you will, indispensable. There's a new teaching, there's a certain radio station in town that will teach you that you have a demon. If your back hurts, my back's killing me this morning, it's because I have a demon, is what that pastor would tell me. I have a back demon. If my stomach hurts, it's because there's a demon affecting my stomach. I'm telling you, it's happening, and they'll tell you that you need to, be, you need to come to the place you've been released from that demon. Let me tell you what I believe the Word of God says. very clear. Jesus said, God, listen, God would not inhabit the same space as a demon. Now, a demon can oppress you. Start reading some foolish books. You kids start messing with Ouija boards. You want to see the demon, a demonic activity? You go play his game his way. He'll show you himself. And demons are powerful. They're more powerful than us. Not more powerful than God. That's why James 4, we read last, read last week. Hey, what do we do? How do we get when Satan's after me, when his demons are after me, what do I do? We need to go to Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. It says, put on the full armor of God. I'm dressed out for the fight. And then I dip over to James chapter 4 and says, hey, I draw near to God. I clean myself up. I ask for forgiveness of all my sins. Lord, get me out of this mess because I've been in some mess. Forgive me. And I resist the devil. The Bible says he's got to flee. Now, there'll be another season he'll come back. He did Jesus. He tempted Jesus. But he, Jesus would come back with him with the word of God. Satan would quote the word of God out of context. And Jesus would get, take him to school and, and fix his word. Right? He would come back and say, oh, and the, you misquoted. This is what the word says. You shall not. He would, tell him, he would set him straight. The man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, subdued all of them. How many sons were there? Seven sons. One man versus seven. This is the MMA fight, right? He overpowered them, so they ran out of the house in terror, stripped naked and wounded. Satan always brings insult and injury. Say that with me, church. Satan always, now come on, y'all, don't act like you're in first grade. Come on, Satan always brings insult and injury. Don't mess with him. He's going to get you. Just one little drink. Just one party. Just be at the wrong place. I'll just be at the Capitol and go up and hold my sign on the steps. Those people going to federal prison. Would y'all agree? Christians can be stupid. I believe there were some Christians on those steps. They just want to go, I want someone to hear my voice. I want to be heard. Okay. You get to sing that song for 20 years in federal prison, right? Bad choice. Bad choice. Would y'all do me a big favor and John, turn to John chapter 8. We need to get this down so we have an understanding how Paul's preaching and his mantra, how he's working through what the Word of God says, and I think it's going to come up on the screen. John 8, and I'll pick up in verse 31. 
Everybody wants justice today and everybody wants freedom today, but they don't want it for everybody, right? I, I want it for, for me. And whatever group I belong to, that's what I want for my people, right? My group or my socioeconomic status, right? The uh, senators and the congressmen, well, they want, they want Obamacare for everybody, free health care for everybody, right? Low budget care, but not for us. We, 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 don't, we don't want it because we have good stuff. And we're going to mess around with your 401k a little bit because uh, we can, but not ours. We have our pensions. Y'all understand that works? No matter what, pick a group, they're going to pick a side, and they want everything benefit from them. That's why it's called lobbyists, right? They lobby for what they want. And if they get in the power, get in the place of power, you, you get what you want. It depends on who has the ear. Would you agree? So let me encourage you before you get disenfranchised or frustrated about your situation or the United States situation or South Carolina situation or whatever it is you can't control, you have the ear of God. Have you spoken to him in a very profitable way? Lord, this is happening in our world. You see it. Have you taken a walk with him? Father, I just want to spend time worshiping you, but you know what's going on. I do pray for the president and the, the cabinet. And I pray for our country, but it's got to get worse before it's over. Y'all know that. So what are we fighting against? I like it. Come on, bring it. Let it pile on. I hate it to see our country turn this way and the world turn this way. But y'all, it's coming. There's got to be one man in charge of everything. It's coming. So I don't resist the scriptures. I just come to the place, Lord, I'll do my part. I'll vote my way, right? I'll pray hard, but I'll live day by day trusting you that you're in charge of all this mess. In my world, I didn't create it. I didn't create the problems. Did you? Did you create the problems? Then you can't fix them. Let God handle it. Let me read this, John chapter 8, verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth. And guess what, church? The truth shall set you free. Did y'all know that's not Martin Luther King's? He, didn't, he don't have a corner on that. He can't trademark that. That's Jesus Christ's words. He just repeated Jesus Christ's words. And this preacher today repeated his words. Let me say it again, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you shall be made free? And Jesus answered them, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Let me read that again. Whoever commits sin is what, church? You don't have to like it. That's just the truth. You're a slave to the sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Listen, it's Jesus Christ who makes you free. Your freedom does not come from the United States government. It does not come from our Constitution. It does not come from our Bill of Rights. There is nothing man-made that can set you free. That should have been the big amen. There's nothing man-made that can set you free. Only Jesus Christ can give you true freedom. Only Jesus Keep reading, 37. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have seen, and, and you do what you have seen with your father. Uh-oh. They ain't seen Father Abraham. How can they do what their father has led them to be? He's talking about another father. He said you're Abraham's descendants. He didn't say he was your father. He said he, you're his descendants. Well, what father? He's going to tell them who their father is, by the way. He's going to reveal something to their father. Verse 39, 
They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But you now seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Inferring, hey, your mama got pregnant out of wedlock. We know that. Everybody in town knows that. You were born. You don't know who your daddy is. We know who our father is. They're talking to holy God that way. Can you imagine? We do the same thing today. There's perverse lips like these sons of Sceva. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Question is, why don't we answer that? Because you are not able to listen to my word. Verse 44, we're going to find out who their daddy is. Here he is. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, do not uh, hear because you are not of God. That is powerful, is it not? Those same Jews heard Jesus. What did they do? The ultimate thing, they led to the place of crucifixion to kill him. They thought they had gotten their way. Crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And yet they did, thinking they won. It was an evil conspiracy to kill him with the Romans. Did the Jews kill Jesus? Yes. Did the Romans kill Jesus? Yes. Did you kill Jesus? Yes, your sins were placed on him on the cross. That's why salvation is so beautiful and so sweet today. Every boy and girl, man, woman, and child, listen, we can come to the place and celebrate that Jesus Christ can save our souls. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is but one way to be saved, and it's through Jesus. There is one way to freedom, and that is through Jesus. That's what Paul preached. And these people are coming to the place, and the demons are encountering it. The demons know that's true. The angels in heaven know it's true. The Bible says the angels somewhat do this, appearing, going, they don't understand all this. As if it were, they were looking over the corner of heaven, going, I don't get it. Why did God save these people? Look how they act. Look how they talk. Look how they respond. Why? And the demons are here on the earth. This is where they dwell. Even though some are locked in hell, only a few. And they're here and they're manipulating going, how messed up can we make this place? Because one day these people are going to be in heaven. And if we try to take as many with us, maybe we can barter with God. But they know the 66 books better than we do. Because they... I'm sure they have this word memorized. They know the future. The man overpowered them. They ran away, insulted, and injured. They were not set free. The man was not set free. It was one to seven. How much power would it take for one man to beat down seven? Even if they were, not, if they were feckless men, even if they were a bunch of mama's boys, one on seven is not good odds, is it? But one demon and one man against seven men who were not filled with the Holy Spirit. They were just traveling men trying to make some money, extra money in the name of Jesus. 
He beat them down. He tore off their clothes. And they ran down the street naked, y'all. This is a small town. What if it happened in our church? What if somebody, a, a, a demon come on somebody and they beat seven of our men down? And then seven men found them on Town Creek Road running down the road naked and bleeding. What's your problem? What's going on? Now, we just took a beat down over there at Town Creek, right? Imagine trying to explain it. And who's their daddy? Their daddy is a chief priest. These are preacher's boys. These are preacher kids, if you will. They come to the place. We're going to live any way we want to. We're going to go around. We're going to use the name of Jesus too. Watch this. And they were confronted with this. I think I often think about these men. How did they live beyond this? Can you imagine? They're going to have to move out of town. Right? Mr. Skeva's going to have to pack it up, move, get a U-Haul because his boys are the, the laughing shame of the town because they know the power of God. We know Paul's moving, Paul's preaching, things are happening. We know there's powerful things happening over here in the name of Jesus, Paul's preaching. He don't want any fanfare. He don't want any fame or anything. Demons are being cast off by his handkerchiefs. If you would, if you would wear a face mask every day, people would be grabbing his face mask and just put it on, on their, not worried about Corona, they'd stick it on their family members and let them breathe a little Paul in faith that Jesus was gonna heal them. That's what was happening. So this is happening. These guys, I'm gonna cash in on that. That looks profitable. And so they come in, imagine their lives after Christ. But here's a good thing, and I don't know how to take this other than read the scripture for what it says. This became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. When you say, Lord, what are you saying? What are you saying? If you say, Lord Jesus, what are you actually saying? You're fully in charge of my life. You're the line leader, if you will. Take my life. You're Lord of my life. I have no say-so in this matter whatsoever. You are Lord, and I am not. But when you say, Lord Jesus, you're the leader. Take charge of my life. And you say, Jesus, you are the Son of God who come to save people from their sins. You're saying you're the leader who saves. I have no voice in the matter. And then Jesus comes back and says, oh, no, no, no. Now you are the light of the world. Go let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and bring glory to your Father which is in heaven. Isn't that amazing? God trusts you and me with the gospel. Matter of fact, not only trust us, but he commands us, go forward, and as you go, I'm going with you, never to leave you nor forsake you. Now go in the name of Jesus. Is that a hard, powerful thing to do? Anyone? Is that a hard, powerful thing to do? It is if we come to the place of not, because I'm just me. I'm just from the country. I'm just from the city. I'm just from whatever the birds. I'm just, I'm just me. That's how we play it. I want you to tear that coat off and strip it away and say, listen, yes, I'm from the country, but God's given me a message, right? Yes, I'm from the city, but God's given me a message. Yes, I'm from the suburbs, but God's given me a message, and I will walk in faith, trusting him and preaching Jesus until I die. God, help me be a faithful person. God, help me be obedient. That's what you ask for from him. Look what happened. Everyone in town heard about this encounter. Everyone was afraid, but the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified and exalted. That will happen in Aiken, South Carolina, if the church of God gets on fire. Amen? Forget the rest of the churches that have the sign out front. I came into town on 19 years and saw two churches that said this. Church closed till further notice. Wear mask. It was such an awful, awful sign. I'm sorry, church. I'm sorry people have. We have people in our church that's had COVID. We know people that have died, that have died from COVID. Listen, we know that's a fact. 
But to put the sign up front, you could, could you just say, uh, no services this Sunday, Jesus loves you. Would you agree? Don't come back to and just put a secular note out there. It was, it was such an offensive note when I came by. And then another church had it said something about something and wear a mask. Okay, wear a mask. If you're at risk, wear a mask. Amen? And when you go out in town, listen, when you go out in town, obey the laws, wear a mask. But at least wash your mask. Let me go ahead and say that. Throw it in there because one day there's like 15 masks on our gear shift. Most of we just put the mask back on, mask back on, mask back on. Your bacteria from yourself will kill yourself. Did you know that? About a week's worth of bacteria make you funky on the inside. So make sure you wash your mask. Public service announcement. Last thing, spiritual awakening and revival begin. Believers confess their sins. They got right with God. People who practice witchcraft and, magically public, uh, and magic publicly burn their books. The books valued over 50,000 pieces of silver. One piece of silver was a day's wage. Wow. 50,000 days wages. And there was found power in the word of God. The kingdom of God grew mightily in Ephesus and the surrounding towns. And church, listen, this is what God had a plan for. Paul's getting ready to pack up his bags and leave town. You would think whenever there's spiritual awakening, when the Christians are confessing sins, they're getting right with God and revival's breaking out. What's going to happen? Paul's going to stay there and just say, oh, this is a good place to be because that's where preachers like to be in the middle of the spiritual awakening. I'm telling you, it's awesome. Paul's going to pack up. He's headed where? We know he's headed because we, we read. He told us where he was going. He's got to go back to Jerusalem and then ultimately he's going to go to Rome. He, he's got to get an audience. He didn't know he's going to be arrested. We know the story because we have the book. It's a history to us, but Paul is looking forward. He's constantly looking forward to preaching the word of God. Isn't it amazing that God gave him this favor? Back when Paul wanted to go to Ephesus, or he wanted to go to Asia, Paul, God said what? No, you're not going. And then he said, I'm going to Asia. And God said, no, you're not going to Asia. You know why? It wasn't time. And then at the right time, God sends him there for two years, gives him a door of opportunity to preach and teach and work. He gives them a church that actually grows and grows and grows. All of Asia, the Bible says, the word of God went through all of Asia. You say, what about today? Why are people so, why are they animists? And why are they believing in emperors? Why are they believing in false gods? It's because mankind, nature is to worship something. And you give them something, listen, if I can control it, then that's something I'll choose. You say, well, I don't believe that. Look around, look at the whole world. Look at your life. Worship is worth. What do you give worth to? Think about your past week. What did you give worth to? What did you give your time to this past week? We're doing a study on worship right now, believers experiencing God. Some people said, I ain't doing that. It's too much. It takes too much of my time. Enough said, amen. We printed the labels with Jeremiah's putting on everything on Facebook, everything so we can actually have it for you and make it as easy as possible. Some people say, I'm not doing it because I don't have time. Enough said. Check yourself, because a disciple wants to grow in the knowledge of God, especially if it's free. But it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you talent. It's going to cost you resources. God gave his son. He expects you to give of yourself fully. Just like these men, don't walk in religious and think you're a big shot. You might walk to an environment and you're going to speak a word for God and God might send somebody full of an evil spirit and tear you down. And you're going to be insulted for the rest of your life. But God, I did this in your name. I did all this stuff. We, we, there's churches building buildings right now in the middle of a, and especially in the South, building large buildings. Why? 
There's, think, if you added every church in South Carolina together, just the construction cost, how much would it be? Listen, we, we've told pastors, I've heard people say, hey, there's a pastor coming to town, and he's probably going to take some of your congregation. I'm like, hey, if he can wait till 12 to preach, he can actually preach in our service. The air conditioner's already on. The lights are on. And then going to cost us any more money. Y'all can meet here if you want to. This isn't my church. Listen, we pay for this right together, but it's not our church. Wouldn't you agree there's another church could preach right behind us? There's a Hispanic church meeting right now upstairs preaching the word of God. We'll keep doing it. Listen, got no dog in the fight. Can't say that term anymore, can I? Um, we don't have an interest in that other than actually proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ. I was raised on a farm. Our dogs fought sometimes on this too. Listen, y'all, these sons of Sceva went in with an attitude thinking I'm going to be religious and call on Jesus' name and use, it, use his name freely. Satan knew and his demons know he's a fake. But Paul's a real. <laughs> Don't mess. Hey, hey, boys, come here, y'all. Come here, huddle up. Don't mess with Paul. But these seven boys of Sceva... Have at it. And guess what they did? They had at it. And they continue today. But listen, you're on the radar as well. If you're a prayer warrior, they're going to say, listen, be careful around her because she's strong in prayer. Be careful. She will get you, right? She equips herself every morning with her spiritual armor. She's praying on the belt of truth. and She shot her feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. She's putting on her breastplate of righteousness, her helmet of salvation. She's got her sword of the spirit ready. Listen, she's come to the place she's dressing out completely because she wants to go to war with you boys. And she can win because she has the king on her side. He has the king on his side. Be careful with that person. They're gonna go, they'll take you toe to toe and they'll win because they have the king. But these people over here, all they do is show up on Sunday morning. They toss $2 in over plate, call it good, and they're done for the week. They live like opposite of what a Christian should. Have at it. Some of y'all demonstrate the sons of Sceva very well, and I'm talking about the church at large. And then some of y'all walk like Paul. Who do you want to be today? Paul or one of these boys, sons of Sceva? Church, who do you want to be? You should cry out, I want to be like Paul, because Paul was like Jesus. I don't want to just use Jesus' name sometimes in a conversation. I just want to bring him up whenever it's convenient, when I'm around my Christian friends. I want to speak about Jesus everywhere I go. If it offends people, then so be it. If it makes people praise him, so be it. I want to bring glory to the Lord Jesus Christ in my life. We have a very hard decision this morning. If you come and people are watching by Facebook and live stream, there's a very hard decision to make. Will I be like the sons of Sceva, use the name of Jesus Christ for my convenience sake, for my religious purposes, so people will think that I'm a Christian? Or will I walk like Paul, selling, he says, I, listen, I've been crucified with Christ. I don't live any longer. It's Christ who lives through me and in me. Who are we going to choose today, church? We want to know we want to live like Jesus, but who are we going to choose today in our story? We have sons of Sceva or we have Paul. You have to make that choice. No, let me correct that. You will, you've already made that choice. You've already made that choice. If I walked around behind you and watched what you did during this past week or next week, uh-huh. And let me tell you where it's leading to. What does Satan always lead to? Insult and injury. He wants to lead to death. Some of you are dying spiritually. You don't know why. It's because you're hanging out with people like Sceva boys instead of people like Paul. Paul is taking the narrow way. The narrow way is hard. There's not many people on it. Matthew chapter 7. The Sceva boys 
They're taking a broad way. It leads to destruction, insult, and injury. Let's pray. Father God, we sit and listen to these words and, oh Lord, never want our people to go to the school of demons, yet the school of demons, they teach that Jesus Christ is all-powerful because, Lord, they lived with you. You created them. They teach that Jesus Christ is the Son of Most High because they know who you are. They've had to respond to you. You kicked them physically and spiritually out of heaven. You put limits on their domain. Father, they're princes of the heirs, they're principalities, spirits of darkness, but they have no power over you. Lord, help us today get very serious about our faith. This is a very hard sermon today that we have to come through, and we have to swallow very <clears throat> purposely, Lord, that we will actually be like Paul, like Christ. Father, if there's any hearing my voice today that are falling into the camp of Sceva, Father, convict their heart that they would actually have spiritual awakening like the people of the town did. They would give up those evil things, those evil, even books. And evil now, Lord, if it, if it was today this happened, people would be dumping iPads and laptops and computers and cell phones on the pile to be burned because they want to confess that, Lord, they've spent more time and they've worshiped those things instead of the one who created us. Father, bring us to a point, Christians especially, to the point of contrite hearts, Lord, where we break down and say, Lord, we will worship you in spirit and truth. If it costs me everything, naked I came into this world, naked I'll leave. I had nothing when I came in, I'll have nothing when I leave. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But Father, there's somebody listening today, and they've never given their heart and life to Jesus Christ. Father, Satan is trying to dilute them right even now as a time constraint for food or whatever it might be. Lord, overcome that, that they might be saved. Lord, we ask these things in the strong and wonderful name of Jesus and for his sake. Amen. And church, listen, this message is very powerful. I told you it's very funny. It's still funny to me. But it's very obvious these men had come to the place that if they never accept Jesus Christ, they just speak unto his name. They take his name profanely. They'll never be in heaven. Now, did they accept Christ? When you go back and keep reading, the region accepts Christ. The name of Jesus Christ, people are reverencing his name. Maybe this beatdown brought them to the point of failure that they would turn back around and say, There's, hey, the demon preached us a sermon, did he not? Jesus we know, Jesus I know, but who are you? I'm sure they probably, I hope, in my mind's eye, my, my hopeful part of me says, I hope they went back and said, Paul, man, we messed up. We walked into that house thinking we were somebody. I'm sorry for what I did. Can you, can you pray with me? And I, I hope that Paul led these sons of Sceva to Christ. And I, I hope that they were men who were used greatly for the kingdom. But the Bible doesn't say. That's just my hope. That's what I hope for you today. Wherever you are, if you're strong in your faith, God's doing great things, I hope that you continue to grow. If you're not a Christian, I hope that you become a Christian and give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. That you know, that you know, that you know, that your knowledge replaces fear. But if you're a mediocre Christian today, I hope and I pray, listen, that you would actually take the next step and say, Lord, I have been so slack in my walk. Would you help me? I'll do whatever you call me to do in Jesus' name. Let's stand together. This is our time to pray together. Invitation for you to come. If you need to come pray, the altar is open. If you want me to pray with you, I would be happy to do that. One of our ministers or deacons will pray with you as well. Whatever decision, you can pray right where you are. You make that decision. Will you follow Christ today like Paul? Or will you hang out and just be religious like the sons of Sceva? We have a choice to make today.